Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 106 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish your, you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta-owned. It's Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Now, you can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. And momentarily, we'll head off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Same number, 780-496-0063. We will tell you that guests on our show received gift certificates to Japanese Village. Now open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. Every Thursday on Oilers Now, we are joined... Courtesy of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, by longtime NHL goaltender, uh, prominent uh, personality on the NHL network, and a guy whose name has been linked to uh, multiple NHL uh, jobs as a president GM, Kevin Weeks. Hello, Kevin. How you doing? Stop. I'm great, buddy. Hope you're doing well too, and everybody back in Alberta is doing well. Yeah, we'll get to the goaltending thing in a second here with the Oilers because it's become a storyline. This is just broken. I don't know if you even have seen this. Um, the American Hockey League has announced Pacific Division playoffs. Scott Housen, the former uh, general manager of Columbus, uh, twice an assistant GM with the Oilers, gave each of the divisions the opportunity to independently determine its own postseason format. The members of the Pacific Division will have a playoff tournament. No other division is going to do that. That is, I can't imagine. Uh, and just so, just so the listeners are aware, there is technically a players association slash union for minor league players. Man, I don't know about you, Kevin, but, uh, either there was some convincing and there were, you know, like, like Kelly McCrimmon would oversee mm-hmm. the, Hender- the Henderson franchise. Joe Sackick would oversee the Colorado franchise. Ken Holland and Bakersfield. But it is interesting to me that the Pacific Division is the lone division that's actually going to compete beyond the conclusion of the AHL regular season. That's pretty interesting, don't you think? I think it's really interesting. You know, there's obviously different factors that are placed off. And I did see this. You know, having played in the A, I'm always keep an eye on the AHL. And, of course, the longtime commissioner, Dave Andrews, no longer there, as you just alluded to. And with the changes, Scott Housen, as you know, the, uh, the current commissioner now, executive and president of the AHL. I'll tell you what's interesting is every place, every jurisdiction has its own rulings and the way in which it's handled the virus and also logistical and health protocols and not and political stuff and not. And science and applies where, you know, it's applicable, then some people choose not. So there's a lot of variables. I think with those variables, one thing that I can say is in speaking to different people around the league and, and different team owners and, and players and, and agents, the Pacific Division in the American League, in a sense, 
has, has had a very strong sense of ownership of those clubs. And they've been in concert with their NHL ownership groups that have really invested in a lot of infrastructure. And listen, believe me, I played in the AHL. I know, you know, some of the heritage franchises like the Rochester Americans and, and some of the other ones, but I, I really have to give a lot of the teams in that Pacific division a lot of credit because the NHL ownership groups, the parent teams have made major strides to establish a division out there and to move franchises or to have expansion franchises to refurbish arena and to really invest in the drafting and the development of those teams. And quite frankly, you know, some of the teams that you mentioned, including the Oilers, the ownership group and the same thing in Vegas with the Henderson uh, Silver Knights, which is the Vegas Golden Knights AHL franchise. In a lot of cases, they're putting resources into those teams almost like they're an NHL club. They're investing in those young players and their staff to develop. So does it seem divisive? I, I don't know. Maybe some people could say that, but that tells me that those clubs are doubling down uh, in their efforts to, to extend games for their prospects and their staff. And, and to me, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to applaud them for that. Yeah, uh, we should clarify just for the listeners out there, there is a Canadian division. It's expensive. The players in Canada are tested the exact same way, same way in the AHL that the players in the National Hockey League are tested. So that's a costly proposition for each organization. Mm-hmm. Plus, the travel is not easy. We're not talking bus trips. We're talking flights right. in Canada versus the Pacific Division, which is, for the mm-hmm. most part, with the exception of when they got to go to Colorado, um, those are uh, those are bus trips, but the other and the other thing is uh, you've got organizations San Jose, San Diego, and Los Angeles have basically been shuttling uh, their taxi squad players and their top prospects back and forth between the NHL. Quentin Byfield, huge story right. down in the states in California. He's he's played all season, and he, they can get him up and into the lineup. He played his first NHL game last night to L.A. The Oilers have Evan Bouchard. They've needed him here because he's there. If there's an injury to a right shot D, he's in. He's playing. But mm-hmm. the because of the quarantine, Kevin, as you know, the Oilers just couldn't send him down because they wouldn't have access to him for two weeks. So there are some beneficial situations situations to how it's going right now in California but I was just really intrigued that the players in the Pacific Division would choose a different path because they had to agree to do this then yeah, maybe they want, to play. they want to play and I think that bodes well for uh you know some of the uh, NHL organizations and certainly for the Oilers prospects that are involved really in for that. the oil yeah totally hey listen let, let's jump on that for a sec you know what stop we started touching on this last time and, and I got to be you know I'm going to be very objective and fair uh, one thing I'm going to tell you is at the end of the day, you know, and, and a lot, I know a lot of people in Alberta think this way too. There's nothing at the advent, at the expense rather of anybody's health and safety. That's always paramount in everything, you know, we should all do. Right. Yep. But at the end of the day, you want to be in an environment and you want to have legislature that supports opportunities for people in business, regardless of the business. So whether you're in your fracking and oil and gas, refining, um, you know, propane, natural gas, any other entrepreneurial initiative, whether you're the Oilers, whether you're somebody else that's a mom and pop restaurant, whether you're Earl's, whether you're Joey's, Canadian Power Pack, it doesn't matter. You want to have environments that support business and opportunities for women and men and families and grandmothers and, and young students that are coming up to be able to earn their living. And one of the challenges with what's going on right now, as you just mentioned, across the country back home, it's very restrictive to be able to do that and excessively so. 
Yep. And as a result of it, I'm going to give the Oilers a lot of credit because the easy play would have been for the Oilers to say, okay, well, yeah, Canada, we're going to be nationalistic. We're going to have our AHL team, you know, physically in Alberta, let's say. And the Oilers said, okay, we're going to invest in, in uh, we're going to invest in, in uh, where they are now in Bakersfield. And we're going to invest the resources there. And we do see, you know, the other commitment from the other ownership groups, uh, like the Vegas Golden Knights, like Colorado, like uh, San Jose and, and LA and, and the other teams that are in that Pacific division. And they're investing in their people. And, and you got to respect that. And, and that's become needlessly, excessively difficult in Canada right now. And I feel for so many people that are listening because of a lot of that legislation. And let's hope that that changes soon. But in the meantime, I give the Oilers a lot of credit as a Canadian team to, to spend U.S. dollars out, by the way, in, in the U.S., in California, in, in headquartering their HL team. They deserve a lot of credit for that. All right, Kevin, let's switch focus to the Edmonton Oilers. If I told you at the start of the season, in the case of Edmonton, 47 games in a year, the Oilers would have the fifth best save percentage in the NHL at 913. You would have said I would have been on planet Zoltar, right? <laughs> Zoltar with a capital Z. Maybe it would have had two Zs. I don't know. Yeah. Z and Z. And then O-L-T-A-R. Hey, look. You know, hey, here's the thing for the oil, right? Like, Smitty's had an amazing season for them. Let's be honest. Smitty's been awesome. Koskinen hasn't been as good, but hasn't been in the net quite as often. But at times he's played well, just not at the level of Mike Smith. Mike Smith's been incredible. I mean, amazing in, in terms of what he's been able to do this year. But also Dave Tippett, he's always been a defensive coach. And to his credit, Dave Tippett has, has really been able to impart that and on, on the team as to why they need to be a well-rounded team. They can't only be burners with, you know, with their two greats in and uh and connor excuse me and leon but also they need to be committed on playing on the other side of the puck and to your point stuff right now the oil have a uh, a plus 26 goal differential right now i mean that's great in any league but that's a really really nice stat for the oilers this year which kind of reflects the the team save percentage that you talked about uh all right i'm going to throw it out there uh, I, I, look, okay. McDavid, McDavid's going to win the Hart Trophy. We know that. He's 17 points up on dry saddle, 23 points up on any other player in any other team in terms of the scoring race. You can make a strong argument, and i got all respect in the world for Austin Matthews, though he does play with he plays with Mitch Marner, and McDavid and Drysaddle are center, centering their own line for the most part. You can make the argument that, well, I don't even think there's an argument. The Oilers have the best one-two centers in the North. They have the best defenseman this year in the North. That's uh, Darnell Nurse. They have the leading uh, defense scorer in the North uh, in Tyson Berry. And this year, they've had the best goaltending in the North. And there's something to be said for strength down the middle. Is that going to give them a puncher's chance come playoff times? Or, conversely, the perception about Edmonton's lack of depth, does it come back to bite them? What do you think? I think those are fair questions. The biggest thing I can tell you is the Oilers are certainly positioned differently. They're in a position of strength when you can go... Uh, Connor, Leon, and then depending on who you plug into the middle, who you feel like plugging in the middle, depending on who's healthy in the third spot. Uh, I mean, look, in the third center spot, that would be. And then you've got Darnell on the back end, who's, as I've been saying, Norris Trophy. He's a Norris Trophy finalist for me. No question about what Darnell's done this year. And then Smitty playing the way he's playing in the net. I mean, look, those are your most important positions, and the Oilers 
have a lot of strength in those positions by way of performance and, of course, by way of the luxury of both Connor and Leon. Uh, not to be forsaken, as you mentioned, Tyson Berry leading the NHL in points by defenseman too. So you put all that together and the fact that they are better defensively and that they are a plus 26 goal differential, I definitely think they have a chance in the playoffs. There's no question. Like, uh, they certainly have a chance in the playoffs. You know, and as of now, it looks like they'll be matching up against the peg if it were to end this way. Yep. And obviously we know the peg has a really good team. Paul Maurice has done a really good job, but the peg have lost five straight. They're almost having a reverse trend. Obviously the oil beating them handily. Um, they're, the peg are having a reverse trend right now. And my one thing for the oil, you mentioned the question about the depth. Here's the one thing for the oil right now, okay? And for the oiler fans out there. Are the oil willing to grind it out? Because you know and I know, Stop, there's not going to be as much racetrack and open ice to make plays in the right. playoffs. Never is. So are the oil willing to say, okay, fellas, look, you know what, Connor, you might not always have the afterburners on, on every play. Uh, you know, Leon, you might not be able to necessarily plow your way through the middle as much as you typically can. Sometimes you might have to, you know, uh, be a little more selective, maybe regroup the puck, bump it back, get a change. Maybe we got to get in on a forecheck, which we typically don't have to do the odd time. Maybe we have to go to the cycle game more. That's my only question. And if they're willing to do those things, they have a really good chance of, of, of having a deep playoff run. Kevin Weeks joins us. He played uh, 11 seasons in the National Hockey League, 348 career appearances. He's with the NHL Network. Kevin, uh, we found out today that Carter Hart got shut down uh, by the Flyers. Uh, I know we spoke about him about three weeks to a month ago. Some discouraging comments about uh, Carter that were made public by Elaine Vigneault. And uh, you know what? Ironically enough, and I didn't want to bring this up with Louis. It's unfair. It's Louis's son. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw mm-hmm. Bruce Cassidy twice now do the same sort of thing with Jake DeBrusque. I do not believe in that in today's day and age. Okay? I believe yeah. that if you're running a team, run an organization, if you have a criticism, unless it's your job to be a on-air pundit, you know, uh, a talking head. Um, I, I just don't see the benefit of that. Uh, I'm going to assume the Flyers are smart enough not to deal Carter Hart. Conversely, should Hart's camp be placing some heat back on the Flyers here? I mean, look, I, I'm slated to, to speak to his agent, Judd Maldaver, a little bit later this afternoon. Actually, we've been exchanging notes. And I would assume that the Flyers are smart enough not to trade Carter Hart. But I don't know, sometimes in our league and, and in pro sports, <laughs> crazier things have happened. And I can tell you this, if I'm Batman, I'm their camp, I'd certainly want to know where Philly stands. Because what they've made public is the fact that their coach was disrespecting Carter Hart. And quite frankly, a lot of what he was saying is inaccurate about Carter Hart. So to me, he let his innermost feelings or innermost thoughts be known to the public. And in a way that wasn't accurate as well, by the way, or not factual. So if that's a disdain that he has towards him, well, I don't know. Is he coaching there next year? And if so, is he going to offer an apology in the season-ending meeting? And is it going to be, you know, will, will it be, will he say that from a place of authenticity if he does apologize and say, hey, listen, Carter, I, I, I messed this up and I shouldn't have gone about it this way and, You know, I can only apologize and hope that you can accept my apology. I know that you're a bright young man. I know that you're in great shape. I know that you're a good young goalie. And I know that you, like us, um, you know, we've fallen on some adversity this season. And me as a coach, I didn't handle it properly. Number one, starting with me. And I hope you can find it in your heart, pardon the pun with his last name, but 
I hope that you can find it in your heart to be able to accept my apology. And if he's willing to do that and, and be accountable, because here's the thing, like, you know, you look at, we talked about the job tips doing there in Edmonton and the coaching staff in general, you know, Dave Tippett can't expect Tyson Berry to be accountable or Leon Dreisaitl to be accountable or, you know, Shason or any of those guys to be accountable if he isn't. Like, that's not something that you just demand. And that's why the Canes have had so much success with my man, my former teammate, Rob Brindamore. Because he exemplifies everything that he expects out of the players. He just puts it into a coaching form. So people respect that authenticity and that honesty, right? So if I'm Carter Hart, I'd certainly want to know what, what the Flyers organization thinks about me. And if I'm his agent, Judd Maldaver, plus his contract's expired too. He's coming off of his entry-level contract. So what do you guys actually think about me as a person and a player? And do you actually even want me here? I mean, those are those are fair questions from their camp, I think. Well, it's interesting you mention uh, Carolina because, you know, they waived Alex Nedeljkovic at the start of the season the day after they claimed Forsberg off the Oilers because they were trying to get Nedeljkovic down. Uh, I don't know if they thought he would be this good, but I've never once heard mm-hmm. that organization criti- in, uh, externalize any criticism of inconsistency in goaltending. And they don't have one of the five best goalies in the league, but they have, over the last couple seasons, basically one of the best six or seven teams in the entire NHL. But I've never heard them blame the goaltending. It's, 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 Look, you're right. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in quickly. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? You don't want to stop. Like, you, you just mentioned it perfectly when you said unless you're a talking head. So if you're a pundit, you're one of us in different roles in, in television and in multimedia and what have you, print or what have you okay, you know, we're, we're going to give our opinion on different things and try to be as factual and accurate as possible and objective and fair, which is also important as possible. But if you're running a club or you're a coach or you're whatever the case may be, at some point, how are you conducting yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like, as I said before, I mentioned tip now, but when the oil were, were as great as they were, look at the way Glenn Sather carried himself, right? Look at the way Slack con- conducts himself. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like the way he treated yep. people, the way he was open-minded, the way he had players from every different color, every different background, every different part of Canada, the U.S., and around the world. You know, European players before it was in vogue allowed players like Gretz and Koff and those guys to play an offensive game, not only when they were playing for Team Canada, by the way, but when they were playing for the oil on a nightly basis. Like there was an open-mindedness about him and there's a, there's a humanity about him, right? And And I think that a lot of people would be best served to, to realize that it's not about them grandstanding as a coach doing a presser or grandstanding as a GM or an assistant coach or whatever, but, but realizing that you need those players to go out and play for you. You know what I mean? As a part of your, as a part of your squad. And if you needlessly and often inaccurately go out and, and assail them in the public, then a lot of players are like, all right, well, whatever. Now, listen, if the player is lazy or they're not training or they're not committed or shortcutting the game, shortchanging their teammates, those are different things that can be, you know, on the, on the scale of being egregious. But all things being equal, you know, especially if you look at a case like Carter Hart, like every single player that I've spoken to that's played with him from junior in the dub to now, like we see this guy's like, he's a unicorn. He's a great kid. Like his work ethic, the way he treats everybody his commitment to the game, all those different things. Like none of those things can be questioned. So when you go the route uh, as a coach or an assistant coach or a GM or one of those people, one of those roles of authority, so to speak, if and when you go out 
you better go out on good authority and you better not just go out to, you know, have the, just to be grandstanding at somebody else's expense. Kevin, love it. Thanks for your time. We'll hook up next week. And uh, I know this Canadian Power Pack's happy to have you aboard. Oh, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you having me and hope everybody in Berta stays strong and safe. Keep pushing. There you go. That is Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack 126 in Edmonton. Uh, Peter from Wainwright says, Bob, the Flyers organization has treated goaltenders like crap for a long time. Well, it has been a bit of a goaltender's graveyard. Carter Hart uh, had back-to-back real solid years with Philly. Tough year this year. It'll be intriguing to see where it goes. We'll take a quick timeout. Come back with your Oilers Now prospect report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Look, Oil Country loves their hockey team, and a lot of people have compared Edmonton's passion for hockey to Green Bay's passion for football. Adam Schefter, arguably the most plugged-in man in the NFL, says that reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. Wow, that'll be a story to watch. As we go into the Oilers Now Prospect Report, brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry, a legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Now, I'll be honest, I did not see much of Canada last night against Latvia as I was uh, working with Cam broadcasting the Oilers game with Robin Reed and... uh, We'll have the call of tonight's game as well. Jack uh, and Louie on the TV side, uh, John Shannon and myself will uh, join in the second intermission. Um, but Logan Stankoven, he is an undersized competitive player along the lines, even where it's number 11, of a Brendan Gallagher type out of the Kamloops Blazers. Just file out one away. Just sit there and file out one away. Probably going to go somewhere in the 20s of the upcoming NHL draft, and he can really shoot the puck. Just file that one away. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and back with George LaRock out of Montreal when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.